the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for the Your Personal Bank Show with Ferrets Toth, financial literacy educator and speaker, entrepreneur, and chairman of the board of a bank in formation. Take charge of your financial future with Your Personal Bank. Now here's Ferrets Toth. Welcome to the Your Personal Bank Show. Well, I've got to admit, I've had such a great week this past week or so meeting with a number of, um, well, just, you know, a number of great folks from uh, Seattle area after the workshop that I had, de- had de- done the week or so before. And uh, a lot of great folks who are likely, you know, uh, potential new prospective clients. Uh, appears very obviously very clear that many of them, of course, will become um, new clients. So really excited about that because it, it's always fun to work with folks. My wife has always said to me, um, I can always tell when you've had a good day because, you know, you've met with somebody or you've talked to somebody who gets it. And I say, and, you know, it, yes, it's how I make my living. It's how I get paid, of course, how I, you know, feed my family, so to speak. But I, I, it's a passion of mine. And if you've been listening to the show for any period of time, you pretty much know that. Um, it's, it, it is really rewarding. It's really gratifying when you meet with somebody and they just, you know, quote unquote, they get it and they understand how they can really dramatically enhance their financial future, create positive arbitrage, you know, reduce taxes, uh, reduce market risk, increase their rates of return. Like I said, a lot of the folks, it was so exciting because when I was sharing with them the simple concept of how you can create double digit returns safely with guarantees, tax-free, and no market risk. And, and the, the concept really is quite simple. Again, you know, if you've listened to the show for any period of time, you know we set up high cash value policies to earn dividends. We want to make money on our money. And right now, like I've said so many times, we've got companies paying 575 dividends, and, and because of increasing interest rates, dividends are going up in the future. Historical averages are like 65 to 8%. So we're quickly approaching... Uh, those historical averages with the rapidly increasing uh, Federal Reserve, the rapidly increasing interest rates the Federal Reserve is doing. So uh, I'm just saying I'd be shocked if we don't see 6% dividends in January of 2023. So if you're earning 6 in dividends, you're getting charged 4 when you access the money, you're keeping the difference, the 2%. Uh, that's each and every year the rest of your life. That's positive arbitrage, right? And one of the two, one of the ways, there's many ways to benefit from that. Many people pay off bills, purchase items, invest in other things, and create that 2% positive arbitrage. But what if, let's say it's a year or so later, and you decide, hey, you want to set up another policy, and you qualify, and I like fun stuff, and you want to set up another policy using the funds. I mean, the, the funds you access, are there's really no restriction on what you can do with them because it's your money, and you're picking up the positive arbitrage, Right. Well, what if you funded a second policy or second generation, if you will, okay, with some of those funds or most of those funds that are not being used otherwise, right? Well, 
let's say you funded 100k for example cash into a policy and again you can add a zero take away a zero the principle is the same so it's not really important on terms of how much you fund it's just understanding the principle and how it works and again if you funded let's say 100k and then a year later you took 50 of it let's say and you wanted to fund the next policy by the way you'd have access to 80 85% or more just so you know depending on how we fund these things but i'm going to say at least 50% okay minimum um let's say you took 50k and you decide you're a year later or so you're going to fund the second policy well guess what if you're earning 6% on the money the first one and you're earning 6% on the second one is that new money out of your own pocket? And the answer is no. You're accessing that 50K from the money that was in the first policy, right? Creating that second generation. Well, if you're earning 6% on the first one and you're earning 6 on the second, that's 12% return on those, that 50K. And if it costs you 4, your borrowing costs are 4% right now and are set to be uh, in that, you know, be that for the next several years, which is really exciting. If you're making 6 and 6 or 12% and you're getting charged 4, you're keeping the difference or 8% on return on your money. It's really quite simple. In other words, you're getting the money, your money, to work for you more efficiently and creating that positive arbitrage, keeping that difference. Well, what's to stop you from a year or so later repeating that process again? What if you took half or more of the second generation policy and funded a third one? Well, those monies would then be making 6, 6, and 6, or 18%, cost you 8%, 4 and 4 to borrow, you're now at 10% return on your monies, right? And so in a, literally in a matter of a couple of years, you could have a portion of your funds earning double digits with guarantees, safely, no market risk, tax-free, depending on how we set this up, which, of course, we would do, and, you know, double-digit returns. And when you understand that simple, basic concept, you know, you start to think, why am I bothering? It's really funny. I have a lot of folks who are investors, many who are very sophisticated investors, whether that be in the stock market, real estate, crypto, precious metals, or any other asset for that matter. And it's kind of interesting how many of my clients, no offense to whatever they were investing in before, but after they've been with doing this for a while and they start, you know, leveraging policies, safely leveraging bank money is what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> you're safely leverage, leveraging other people's money, right? The dividends are coming from the insurance company, right? So the bottom line is when you get into that nearing double digit or getting double digit returns on much, if not all of your money, eventually you start thinking, do I need to bother with these other investments? Like, do I need to bother with market risk, for example? Or do I want to be messing with, um, you know, the maintenance involved with real estate investing? Okay. Again, there's nothing wrong with those types of investing. I'm not being negative to it. I'm just saying from a practical standpoint, I see quite often people start moving towards that way on their own, of their own volition, and say, saying to themselves, you know, I don't know if I want to deal with that stuff anymore. I'm happy with these returns I'm getting. I like the safety. I like the guarantees. I like the tax-free nature of it, the stability, the consistency. And it just takes away all that um, emotional angst that comes from investing in general, right? Especially if, if there involves any risk or maintenance or work or anything else for that matter. 
So, again, I'm not against or negative to any other types of investing. And, again, oftentimes you use those other investing tools or assets to help you build the nest egg and get there. But as you start building this thing, again, you start leveraging this thing and you start getting double-digit returns safely guarantee, with guarantees. You start real, A lot of many people start thinking to themselves, hey, this is pretty awesome. I'm, I'm pretty satisfied where I'm at. And again, like I said, the number one hang-up catch or, or misconception or whatever that may be, the point that people miss, often miss, if they miss it, if they don't get it, quote-unquote, it's they, they struggle to understand how, how they can get positive arbitrage, how they can actually get paid more than they're um, getting charged when they access the money. And when we use this with banks, using the bank lines, it's far easier to understand. And for the most part, most of the time, that is exactly what we do, except for this very recently, with the Federal Reserve raising interest rates so much, the borrowing rates of banks have gone up. The insurance companies have locked in a long-term, so next several years, 4% borrowing rate. So we're just using that because it's the, cheaper, it's the cheapest source of money right now. I mean, if you had to pay 5% interest before f- versus 4 I mean, it's pretty obvious which which you're going to choose, right? You're going to take take the lower rate. And so when you earn dividends from an insurance company, let's say they're paying you 6% dividend, and then you have a bank that is charging 4% using the cash and the policies collateral for the loan, and their loan rate is 4% for fully collateralized loans, well, if you're earning six dividends and you're getting charged 4% interest, clearly you're keeping the difference. And in that case... Like I said, it's easier to understand with two entities. You got an insurance company paying you the dividends, you got a bank charging the interest. But what's interesting is the insurance companies can operate as the bank also from the lending st- standpoint, at least. In other words, think of it as there's a dividend department and there's a loan department. And the dividend department pays you 6%, let's say, on the gross. And why am I using 6%? That's on the gross cash that you, that's the money you've put in. That's plus any interest or dividends it's earned over time, right? Why am I using 6%? Because, again, I'm to the point now because of this aggressive rise of interest rates with the Federal Reserve, I'd be shocked if we don't see 6% or better dividends by January, okay, of 2023. So let's say you're earning 6% dividends. The the insurance company pays you 6% dividends on the gross cash. This is the money you've contributed plus anything that may have been added to it throughout time whether it's you or dividend, previous dividends they paid you. So that's pretty easy to understand. You put money in, they pay you dividends. That's like any other investment, really, that exists out there. It's just your rate of return, okay? But when you access it, they have a policy loan department, and their, their borrowing rate is 4%, okay? So, again, if you're earning 6 you're getting charged 4 you keep 2 you keep the difference. Why would they do that? Why would an insurance company do this? Well, it's actually really quite simple. In other words, you've got to put yourself in the insurance company's shoes for a minute and understand where their risk is. And their risk, of course, there's the cash you've contributed. It earns the dividends, but there also is a death benefit associated, okay? And I always say to people, look, what, where's, the insur- where's the risk to the insurance company? And clearly, it's with the death benefit. Now, remember, we've we've minimized that death benefit as much as possible, as much as a as the tax laws allow, it's called the MEC rules or the Modified Endowment Contract. And there's a wide variety, wide range of what can be done there. But the reality is this. 
we minimize it as much as possible, but there still is one. There still is a death benefit there. So, in other words, if you put in a hundred thousand, let's use an example, and your death benefit is two hundred fifty k. Now, in a normal scenario, your death benefit might have been two million, two hundred two point five million, let's say, and we've pushed it down to two hundred fifty k. In other words, about a tenth of what it was. We do that every day of the week by. Reducing your death benefit in half or even up to 90% in many cases, we're now reducing your cost of insurance fees or anything else like that by half, 50 to 90%. In other words, the cost of insurance, if you have one-tenth of the insurance you would normally have, the costs are one-tenth of what they normally would be, right? They're at least half. You see what I'm trying to say? Because we reduce it by 50% at least. So that kind of, that right there takes away that... that um, negative thing that you may read about or research about that insurance is expensive investing. Well, again, if we're maximizing cash and minimizing death benefit, reducing the death benefit by as much as 90%, we just reduce the cost of insurance and fees and everything else associated by as much as 90%. You've got very inexpensive insurance, very low fees, and it becomes very competitive to like a low, low cost index fund or something like that that many people are familiar with. But why would the insurance company allow you to borrow at a lower rate than the dividends that they're actually charging? Well, I'm coming up on a hard break, so you're going to have to stay on to the next segment. And I will share with you exactly why and how they do it and why it's beneficial for them to do so. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. And, you know, got caught up here in a hard break and I actually forgot to do one thing. Also, in the last segment, I didn't leave you any way of contacting me for some more information. Uh, it's yourpersonalbank.com or toll free 866 268 4422. Again, that's 866 268 4422. All right, so let's get back to this question that we were we were addressing in the last segment, and that was, you know, if you're earning 6% dividends, which, again, be shocked if we don't see that or better uh, by January of 2023. Insurance companies announce the dividend rates annually, and dividends are on the rise. Historically, 65 to 8% is the norm. Um, actually, 7 to 8% is really the historical norm for dividends in a normal interest rate environment, and we are quickly headed towards that thanks to the Federal Reserve. So we're expecting higher dividends. All the companies are, are telling us this. So let's say you're earning a 6% dividend by January. Then you want to access the funds for whatever reason. Like I said, you want to use it to supplement retirement, pay bills, expenses, buy stuff, invest in other things, create a positive arbitrage of, let's say, 2%. Because we have a 4% borrowing rate locked in for the next several years. Uh, one of the insurance companies I work with has locked this in. Now, folks, that's really brilliant on their part. They knew interest rates were low, historically low, the lowest levels we've seen in the history of our country, literally, for the last you know decade plus, the lowest rates we've ever seen. Rates were clearly on the rise, and they locked in a situation where they locked in a long-term, at least for the next several years, as they state uh, for us, of uh, 4%. And folks, if you've looked around recently trying to borrow money, uh, that's the cheapest rate in town now. Because even a 30-year fixed mortgage today for somebody with really good credit is around 6% and on the rise. 
So an individual today, you know, a few months ago, absolutely, you could borrow money at 3%, for example, that same mortgage with good credit, that 30-year fixed mortgage, for example. Those days are long gone. They're in the rearview mirror, man. It's, if you haven't realized that, you need, to realize, you need to wake up and realize that easy monetary policy, as I've shared in previous shows, is in the rearview mirror. It's long gone, probably not coming back for a while, at least for the next several years, minimum. Okay, and I'll talk more about that here in a little bit as we go forward. But my point is, being able to access money and borrow at 4% is powerful. Powerful. And even if that rate down the road in a few years go, reverts back to 5 which is the norm, that's because interest rates have been on the rise for the next several years, which means dividends will probably be in that 7 to 8% range by that point. So if you're earning 7 8% and you're getting charged 5 when you access it, you're still picking up 2 to 3% positive arbitrage. Or in other words, you're making the difference. You're keeping the difference, right? And by the way, over the last 40 plus years, I've got the document, the statistics, the documents to show, to prove it, to back it up, the receipts, if you will. But 2 to 3% positive arbitrage is the norm, historically speaking, for the past 40 plus years. So we're right at that low end of the norm at the moment. And again, that's because interest rates have been so low, dividends are on the low end and on the rise. What's exciting for us, the insurance industry in general, and for clients, is we've been the lowest rate we've seen for dec- for over a decade. Many of the companies have said, from a financial standpoint, from a rate return standpoint, insurance companies, they've just weathered their Great Depression. In other words, the worst rates, the worst financial, the, the, the tightest financial scenario they could deal with insurance for, for in the company's histories. Their Great Depression, in other words. And they're coming out of the other side and on the rise, financially strong. Yes, some competitors fell off the way, so there's fewer fewer available, some, some less, less competition. They couldn't be happier about the future. The future couldn't be brighter from a financial standpoint when it comes to the mutual insurance companies, the dividend-paying insurance companies. So, folks, if you have not considered this, if you've not looked into this seriously, now is the time to do it because we're on the low end and on the rise, on the way up. So the bottom line is why would, again, why would they pay you 6% dividend, let's say, and charge you 4% when you access the funds, allowing you to keep the difference? Well, it's actually quite simple. In other words, first of all, when you give money to an insurance company to then earn dividends, what are they doing with that money? Well, of course, first of all, they're investing it and making money, making money on your money, right? That's what insurance companies do. Banks do the same thing, okay? And how much money does a typical insurance company profit, let's say, on the money we give them? Well, I can show you the financial report, the annual reports. And the annual reports show us over the last number of years, the average annual return profits of a strong, one of these stronger insurance companies is in the 8 to 10% per year range. Now, most of the time, frankly, it's in the 10% range, low 10s. But 2020 was a tough financial year, again, with COVID shutdowns and whatnot. And I show, I'll show you several companies where 8% plus was still their profit for that year. So my point is simple. If they're making 8 to 10% profit, can they pay you and I 6 yeah, every day of the week, right? In other words, that 4% roughly is their cost of doing business, their profit, 
what they pay, you know, use to pay me. I earn commissions. The commissions don't come from you. They pay me. Okay. <laughs> so um, it, it, it works out really well. In other words, everyone wins. So if you're making a 6% dividend and they're making a 10% profit um, and I get paid a commission because it makes sense for you, everyone involved wins. And from a financial standpoint, I've learned this many years ago. And I like this. So when you have a win-win-win scenario, that's where, again, everyone wins and everyone's happy. Now, they're making the money to pay the dividends. So that's not a problem. They're being profitable in that regard. So that's, that's pretty simple to understand. The second side of it is, again, why would an insurance company allow you to borrow against that policy at 4%, for example, which is, again, available for the next several years at least? Um, it's, again, it's very simple. In other words, when an insurance company gives you some of that money, gives you those funds, okay, it also reduces the death benefit. So if you borrow 100, you know, you, my, let me use my example I was doing before. You had 100,000 cash and you decide to access 50 of it, okay? You could access 80, 85% in many cases day one, just so you know, but I'm just using this as an example, simple one. Because every policy we do have access to at least 50 per, 50% day one, okay? So this is valid for anyone. So you put in 100, you want to access 50. Why would they do that? Well, the, the, the loan is you don't take the 50000 out. It's still in the policy, so it's still considered the gross cash in the policy. You remember, you put in 100. There's 100 cash there. You're going to get paid dividends on, on the 100000 of cash that's there, right? Then you access the 50000 right? Now... You borrowed it against the policy, using the cash in the policy as the collateral for the loan. We're assuming there's 100000 there of cash, for example. You borrowed 50 of it, right? Now, they're gonna, the rate is 4%. Now, if you borrow 50 of it, they're still, again, paying you the cash on the, the gross, the 100 and then they're going to charge you the 4% on the 50 that you borrowed. That's pretty, that's pretty straightforward. All right? Now... It also would then reduce the the overall death benefit that's associated with this product by fifty thousand. This is important to understand because the understanding the liability to the insurance company. And guess what? I'm gonna get another hard break, so I'm gonna have to ask you to you know stay tuned in the next segment. I'm gonna finish this thought and help you understand this further. Contact me for more information at eight six six two six eight four four two two or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, eight six six two six eight. Four four two two. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to Your Personal Bank Show, and you know I keep I'm getting on a roll and really getting into a little bit of nitty gritty, but because I get asked these questions so often and have by so many folks, particularly after doing this workshop in Seattle recently and meeting up with a number of them afterwards. Um, but I'd be remiss. I've got to share one other thought, and I promise I will answer the question about why an insurance company would pay you 6% dividends, for example, charge you 4% when you access the funds through a policy loan and let you keep the difference, and others make positive arbitrage on that money. But before I get to that, you know, when I talked about, so let's say you put in a hundred thousand, unless you did did a front load case like we talked about, where you'd have say eighty five access to eighty five percent of the cash day one. All right, um, 
there's two main ways of funding these things, what we call a front low, where you put in a chunk like that all at once and then maybe add about 10% uh, years two through five. So you put in 100K the first year, 10K years two through five, and then you're done in terms of contributions go. Um, you're going to have about 85% liquid day one on that, just so you know. The other way is funding it over, more familiar for many people, is funding it over time. We're funding over, you know, monthly, annually, quarterly, whatever, over say, a period of seven years or longer. Those are non-MEX. Those are income tax-free, depending on how you, you know, if you access the monies from them. Ideally, you fund 10 years. I'm going to tell you that straight up. I tell everybody that because the way most companies structure these, if you want the most bang for your buck, you either, if you have a chunk of money, you fund it up front. Now, there's some... Uh, or you do fund so much per year for like 10 years, okay? And that's how you kind of maximize your money, your cash. I'll put it that way. And by the way, you don't have to decide which way to go. Oftentimes, I have clients that will do both right out the gate. In other words, they want to fund, they have a chunk of money to work with, so they fund the, the chunk up front, and then they also fund so much per year, say over a decade. Now, what's the difference? Again, Everything about the positive arbitrage, the dividends, and everything else, how we share, works exactly the same way. The two differences are liquidity and taxes. The front loads, where you put a chunk in right away, you have access, again, around most cases, depending on age and health and how you qualify, you're going to be around 80 85% liquid day one, okay? And quickly increase to 100% liquidity within the first four years. The ones where you fund them over, say, seven years or 10 years, ideally, to maximize cash growth, maximize your efficiency, if you will, you're going to have about 50% liquidity day one and increase to about 100% liquidity by year seven-ish, to begin, depending on age, health, and all that stuff. And it's an increasing amount each year, of course. Now, why? So there's a liquidity difference, and then the other difference is taxes. So the second one is if you front load, it's considered a MEC, a modified endowment contract. If you access the funds from the policy, the gains are taxable. Not the principal, but the gains. Now, there are things you can do to help offset that. and we can That's, that's a more involved discussion. So you can contact me at uh, toll-free 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. If you fund one over time, over the seven years plus, or ideally the 10 years, uh, of course, you access the funds through a policy loan, for example. They, they're they in, considered income tax-free. It's an advance on the death benefit, and it's a non-MEC. Again, we can go into that in, in another time in more advanced detail. So, again, the two main differences, again, you can fund a chunk up, chunk up front and then dribble a little bit more in, about 10% per year, years two through five. It's the most common scenarios we run into. That's if you have a chunk up front you want to work with, or you can fund it over time where you fund it over, say, 7 to 10 years, 10 years being ideal. Your liquidity, everything works exactly the same thing. You have about 80 85% liquidity day one on the front loads and about 50% liquidity day one on the ones where you fund over time. And it makes sense because if you, say, funded 100K up front versus funding 10K a year for 10 years, it's the same amount of money. It's just the first year, the insurance company only has 10000 the first year in the 10-year plan to invest and make money. If you give them 100000 up front, they have all the money to work with and make money, so they have, they'll give you more liquidity, more access, and quicker. So that's, that's all. And again, like I tell people all the time, which is more important to you? This is the funny part, like in workshops I'll do. Is it liquidity or tax-free? Which would you prefer? What's more important? We can go either way, or income tax-free, that is. 
And then usually the answer is, well, I like both. Well, guess what? We can do both by funding two plans, one of each, one where you have the high liquidity and the other where you have the tax income tax-free. And then eventually over time, you can reallocate the front load, the higher liquidity plan over, say, that decade period into the tax-free plan. So now by then it's 100% liquid, 100% tax-free, and now you have the best of both worlds. Again, if this is a little confusing or seems a little involved, not a problem. It's really not that complicated. I just want you to know that the options are there and they exist, that you can do much more than most people realize with much more flexibility, and you have much more control of your money than most people really, really under realize. And if you want to learn more about it, contact me at 866-268-4422 or yourpersonalbank.com. Again, it's 866-268-4422. I apologize. These breaks are happening hard and fast today. I'm just on a roll, I guess. So you're going to have to stick with me this last segment. I promise. I, I promise. I will share why the insurance company would pay you more in dividends than they charge you in interest and allow you to keep the positive arbitrage. So stay tuned. For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com. Back to the Your Personal Bank Show with Ference Toth. Welcome back to the Your Personal Bank Show. All right, we're going to get to this uh, this yet in terms of the understanding why an insurance company would act, allow you, well, why would they would pay you more in dividends than they would charge you in interest when you access the funds, therefore allowing you to keep the difference or the positive arbitrage and historically averaging 2 to 3%, by the way, each and every year, which means that's a heck of a lot more money in your pocket each year as you move forward using these funds. Now, the last thing I'm going to share before I get to that, because I, I want you to fully understand how this all works. In the last segment, I shared the difference, the two main differences of how to fund these, whether you put a chunk of money in up front versus funding it over a t- period of time, usually at least seven years, ideally 10. You have higher liquidity in the front loads where you put in the, the front up, chunk up front, uh, but the ones you fund over time, income tax-free because they're non-MEX. So they each have their advantage. One has higher liquidity, the front load. The one you fund over time is ta- income tax-free. Now, you can do both and gain both of high liquidity and, and income tax-free over time by using a combination of two and, and reallocating one to the other over a period of time, over a number of years. Again, I can share with you how to do that. It's not complicated at all. We do that quite often. So everyone gets the, you get the best of both worlds. Again, it's 866-268-4422. 866-268-4422. Now, the last thing I got to share is you got the liquidity, like I mentioned earlier, of the 85% roughly day one versus 50% roughly day one, depending on how you fund it, over time or up front. A lot of people say, well, where's the other money, the rest of the money? You don't lose the rest of the money. It's actually in a base account or sometimes called a reserve account. It gets paid the dividend also, whatever the dividend is. Let's assume it's 6%. I think it's safe bet in January or better. You get paid the dividend still on the base account, the reserve, if you will. It's not available to you initially. They just hold that in reserve. And this is where a, very, a lot of misconceptions and misunderstandings occur in terms of life insurance and cash values and what you actually earn and all that kind of stuff, is because that money's not available to you right away. They're holding it in reserve. Now, they, why? They, why do they do that? They have to. First of all, they do that, uh, part of it is in the early first few years of your policy because 
again, there's that death benefit associated. God forbid you got hit by an ice cream truck. They got to write a big check, right? And the death benefit initially, ratio-wise, if you think about it, is, is it's a higher ratio than it is in later years because you haven't put in as much cash yet. And the cash side has not had the time to accumulate yet. As it builds and grows through a combination of you putting money in and dividends earned e- annually, the cash pile bucket, if you will, keeps growing more and more. The death benefit grows also, but the cash you know, kind of catches up, if you know what I'm trying to say. It never totally catches up, or, but gets pretty close. So my point is there's less and less insurance, if you understand that, and more and more cash. So that first few years, they got to hold some in reserve, and they do that with everybody's policy. And then they release that, and you get paid the dividends, like I said. Then they release that money to you over time, and you, re- you receive that again to where you get into full liquidity, sen- liquidity scenario within a few years. Um, again, you can yeah, take advantage of the positive arbitrage on a good portion of your money from day one. Now, again, why would they do that? It's simple. When the insurance company, using our example, let's say you had 100000 cash in your policy, and let's say you decide to access fifty k from it, borrow it as a policy loan. You're reducing the you're reduce you're not reducing the cash. That's where a lot of people get messed up. The gross cash is still in the policy. The hundred grand in our example is still there. You're borrowing against it using the cash in the policy as a collateral. You're actually taking insurance company money from their general fund, cash reserves, extra money that they have. Okay, they have tons of that, billions literally, and. They're giving you their money, in essence. Your cash is still in your policy, and they're loaning it against their general fund. Now, they have to hold. Now, by doing that, the second thing it does is that if you borrow that 50K, it's going to lower your death benefit by 50K also, which is the old, you know, because if you pass away, let's say you don't pay back the loan, that's how the insurance company gets paid back. So it's a collateral against. The uh, the loan, right? Ultimately, that's how they get paid back if you don't pay them, pay them back on that loan, right? So whatever you borrow plus any interest that's accrued will reduce your death benefit accordingly. Now, again, to understand this, put yourself in the insurance company's shoes for a minute. Where's their liability to you? Of course, it's that death benefit. Again, if you get hit by that ice cream truck, they got to stroke a big check, right? Well, they have to hold so much in cash reserves in a very liquid account. Funds have to be available by law within 10 days. So they're getting very low returns on those monies because they're highly liquid. Folks, it's like a big savings account, right? And if they can reduce your the death benefit, reduce their liability, they can reduce their cash reserves that they have to hold because they've reduced the liability the low return monies that they have have to hold by law against that death benefit. Folks, every company, every corporation, every business wants to lower their liability on their books, right? In other words, the death benefit is a liability on their books. When they an insurance company sells an insurance policy to you, they have to add that death benefit as a liability on their books because it's a potential liability, right? By giving you some of the money now, they can reduce that future liability, reinvest, re- release some of those funds, reinvest some of that extra money now, and make more return on it. Folks, it's a win-win. In other words, you get to access the money at a lower rate, make do something with it, maybe make more on it, maybe leverage it like I was talking about in the previous segments, 
or invested in some other asset and create a high, you know, get extra 2% return on your money or pay off your, some bills or expenses or if you're paying off some debt, reduce the cost of borrowing, okay, all those things. So you get to take advantage of your money and it benefits you and they, make, they can t- free up their reserves and go make more so it, win- it benefits them. In other words, it's a win-win. And what did I say in the first segment of this show? I always love when I can find a scenario when, where each party, every party in the transaction benefits. See, when you have a win-win scenario, those work. Those work long-term. That's why I have clients, like in, when I was in the Seattle workshop here recently, where I literally had a number of folks in the room and we figured it out. It was kind of surprising even to some of us that we had worked together for five, six, even seven years. Time had gone by so fast. And in, I can say every single one of those situations, and they will, they attested to that themselves at the workshop, in, in the room and in front of other people, that, yes, their financial situation was definitely significantly better than it had been when we first met. And as even several of the folks said, the personal bank concept, the ability to create positive arbitrage, use your money, increase your rate of return, reduce market risk, reduce taxes, all those things that your personal bank allows and does was a big portion, was a big part of them being in a better financial position than than they were five, six, seven years ago. Folks, and like I said, a couple of them retired recently as a result, we're talking folks in their 40s and 50s retiring from jobs, fr- frankly, well-paying jobs, not just a basic job. We're talking about some engineer types, things like that, working for very big companies up here in the Pacific Northwest. I don't need to name the names. You know who I'm talking about. Replacing significant incomes and allowing them to, well, live their lives the way they want to rather than working for you know, working for the boss, you know, what I'm trying to say. Taking back control of their lives. And I've got to admit, I've been doing this long enough now that I have not just people here in Seattle doing that. I have folks who have been doing that literally all over the country because these radio shows that I've been doing now for, gosh, three or four years now at least, the workshops that I've been doing for close to a decade, webinars and various things, I have clients from coast to coast, and I have people from all walks of life, all, all spectrums of the financial stand, uh, you know, stratus, you know, high to low and everything in between, okay? I've got folks from every kind of background you can think of, all right? I have folks that are younger and older, and again, everything in between. I'm talking about young folks in their 20s and 30s who are clients who are applying this, folks in their 60s and 70s, and even approaching even eight. My oldest client, when we started, was 79, that we successfully did this and put the numbers together and made this work. You know, a gentleman I met with this past week or so, is uh, he was a retired uh, physics instructor, and he's going back, he's doing some part-time teaching again, just because, partially because he wants to. I mean, these are some intelligent folks and engineer types like this, this that retired recently and well, you name it. These are not these are not <laughs> these are not dumb people, okay? I don't know how else to put it. These are some sharp 
sharp individuals, in many cases, some of them very, uh, very sophisticated investors who have been applying this personal bank concept and has been do, have been doing it for the last several years. Look, you're not, not going to become a multimillionaire overnight using the personal bank concept. But you can leverage, you can create positive arbitrage, you can enhance your returns, and you can accelerate things. And when you add three or four, five, six, five years or so plus applying this tool, you look back and oftentimes it's amazing. It's truly amazing how much better off financially your position is making very few changes than it was five years prior. And folks, that's, I, I would say that's what, that's what my, where my passion is. And that's why to me, my job gets so much easier over time and becomes more fun because you can just imagine it, in most cases, in the vast majority of cases, the folks that I work with, when I do catch up with them and they reach out to me or we chat or we're doing a review of their, of their pos- financial position, think about it a minute. Each, each and every year, their financial situation improves, and, it, and it's a noticeable improvement, particularly after year, I'm going to say this, after year two. I always tell people the worst year is the first year, and it gets gooder and gooder. And when you you figure in compound interest, positive arbitrage, you start building on this two, three years or so, things start getting noticeably different, noticeably better. You start approaching year four or five, things get gets very interesting. And again, depending on the person, we start seeing people starting to or thinking about retirement if they were working, let's say. We start getting year six and seven. In many cases, they have totally changed their financial perspective and their investment strategy because things are so much dramatically improved from where they were five, six, seven years prior. And that is exciting. That is what, to me, again, that's what's fun. That's where the passion is. That's why I do what I do. That's why I do this radio show. That's why I do the education. That's why I share this with people. I guess you could say it's why I get up in the morning sometimes because as my wife often says, she goes, I can tell you've had a great day because I've talked to somebody who gets it and I know where they're going to be in three, five, seven years from now if they just stick to the plan. And it doesn't matter. Here's the beauty. Here's, I guess, one of the last things I'll share. This plan doesn't matter what the economy does or what the stock market does. Or what interest rates do. In fact, as interest rates are climbing, it's only going to, we're looking at only getting better. Okay. It doesn't matter what the, what, what the outside economic forces do. These are consistent, steady, eddy, over 100 year track record histories of these kind of things happening. And positive arbitrage, folks, is positive arbitrage. It's one of the biggest kept secrets, one of the most powerful financial tools you can apply to your financial scenario to enhance your financial future because it just means more money in your pocket no matter how you map it out how you compare whether you look at this investment versus another positive arbitrage adds more money in your pocket it's just that simple contact me at yourpersonalbike.com or 866-268-4422 again that's 866-268-4422 For more information on your personal bank, feel free to contact Ference at yourpersonalbank.com.
This show is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information. The presenter and guest on this program do not engage in legal, accounting, or tax advice. Professional advice regarding your situation should be sought if required. Products and writers may have limitations and may not be available in all states. Excessive unpaid loans may affect performance. Distributions may become taxable if not managed properly. Replacements may not be suitable for everyone. There may be charges when replacing coverage. Compare when considering a replacement. Dividend rates and make line of credit rates may change. Contact yourpersonalbank.com for current rates. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.